I am taping this on Monday, July 13th, which means in 11 days, the Red Sox play the Baltimore Orioles in a game that counts. A regular season baseball game. It's been a long time since we've had one of those. And on that same day, the Celtics take the court in a preseason to the reopen. Sports are right around the corner, folks. Don't get caught up in the fear porn of leagues not going to happen because of a couple COVID tests coming back positive. We're coming back. Baseball, hockey, basketball, NFL's coming. Okay? College football, I don't know. I hope so. But sports are coming, okay? And I hope you got your palate wet this past week and a half or so with the tournament, the million dollar tournament that was aired on ESPN. 24 teams, a lot of college alumni, overseas players with really nothing else on. I would try to watch that anyway, even if sports were on, but with really nothing else on, live sports, live team sports, besides, you know, MLS is on. I know some overseas stuff is on, but the tournament's been awesome to watch. Um, The Elam ending. Every game ends without going to overtime because of the Elam ending. What that means is... So what they do in the tournament, they play four nine-minute quarters, I believe. Could be ten-minute. But I think it's four nine-minute quarters. Okay? And in the fourth quarter, with four minutes left in the game, the first time the whistle blows, they stop the they stop the clock, and they add eight points. They set a goal for eight points higher than whatever the team winning has, right? So say one team is winning 60 to 56. The first team to get to 68 points would win. So it gives the losing team a chance and it avoids overtime. It's like the first team to get to that 68 just wins. And it was incredible. So yesterday on Sunday, I was at my mom's celebrating, um, you know, my nephew's birthday. I mean, we hang out a lot on Sundays anyway during the summer at my mom and dad's house. Um, but I was on Twitter and I saw that the Elon ending was about to start between Overseas Elite and Sideline Cancer. Now, Overseas Elite has a couple former M- NBA players, most prominently Joe Johnson, who spent, I don't know, geez, like 20 years in the NBA, over 20,000 points. You know, seven-time All-Star. He just dominates the TBT. So even though if you're a washed-up NBA player going against these overseas guys and these Division One college guys, the level of play an NBA player to a non-NBA player is ridiculous. Even at his advanced age, he was killing it. But anyway, so his team was pretty much expected to win it. If not win it, definitely get to the finals. And um, so they went to the Elam ending, and he had a chance to win it for Overseas Elite. He didn't. He missed. And then, you know, a guy from Sideline Cancer comes down and just buries a deep three and they go nuts. It's just, it's it's exciting. I think the element of, um, you know, not having to go back and review if the shot got off before the final horn, because there is no horn. There's no time. And it really does give... Both teams a pretty equal chance um, because, hey, if you've played hard through 
three and a half quarters of the game, you have an advantage going into the Elam ending. If um, you're hot towards the end and you're the team losing, you have a chance to really rally down the stretch and steal, steal a game. So it's awesome. The finals are tomorrow. Dude, what I would say about the TBT, which was annoying to me, was it was really the only show in town. And they were playing their games at 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock during weekdays. So I couldn't really watch too many of them. One of my former AAU teammates, Demetrius Nichols, who went to Syracuse, was playing for the Syracuse alumni team. So I wanted to watch some of that. And a lot of times their games were at 4, so I'd be coming home from work and i try to DVR it. But it, it was weird that they would play the games during the day live like that. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't know what it was. And even one night when I think there were four games being played, ESPN put the game on ESPN 2 so they could air an Eagles concert on ESPN. Kind of just weird programming on ESPN, if you ask me. But I know I digress. Um, other sports news. Kim Newton making some national news with his Instagram stories. And the New England Patriots put out a what you would call a hype video on Cam Newton's arrival. And that kind of garnered some national attention. And when I'm at work, I listen to Fox News. So I, sorry, Fox, um, Fox Sports Radio. And so I listen to Clay Travis in the morning, then Dan Patrick show, Doug Gottlieb, Colin Cowherd. And they, he was pretty much brought up on every show. They all brought up the fact that they thought it was odd that Cam Newton hasn't won the starting job yet in New England, yet they are promoting the hell out of him on their Instagram and Twitter, basically showing all his highlights from Carolina and putting him in the Patriots uniform. And I know the herd kind of came to the conclusion that Nell since Belichick's doing that, he's trying to show people that, hey, it's cool to play in New England. He's hip now. He's relaxing his culture a little bit. Um, I didn't I didn't really see it that way. I think that it's crazy to think that Cam Newton hasn't, you know, has to compete for the starting job. He's going up against Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Look, I convinced myself that maybe Stidham would have been fine too when Brady left and we had nobody else. But now we got somebody. Cam Newton is here. Is there any question that it's Cam Newton's job when he's when he's healthy and he's here and he learns the playbook? I even think from day one, I don't even think there's gonna be a learning curve. They're just gonna it's Cam Newton. He was just the MVP four years ago. He went to the Super Bowl four years ago. It's he's 31. It's not like he's some washed up scrub. Now, here's what I'll say. These Instagram videos he's putting out are already getting kind of tired because I know we just signed him like two weeks ago, if that, and he's putting one up like every other day. And I'm just kind of to the point where like, I know there's not much going on, so he can't go out there and prove it, but I'd like to see more videos of him working out with Sanu or Edelman, maybe you can link up with him. I would like to see that footage, but not of him walking around giving inspirational speeches to himself for everyone to see. And I'm not, to be honest with you, even when Brady was doing it towards the end of his time here, was getting a little tired. But Brady did also win six damn Super Bowls here, so he kind of earned the right. 
I'm excited about Cam Newton. I, th- I think he's clearly our number one guy. He's going to make the Patriots much better. I still think they're the favorite in the AFC East. But these in- Instagram videos are getting a little tired. Still excited about him. But, you know, let's let's see more working out videos rather than you hyping yourself up, talking, talking, talking. Just let your game do the talking, Cam. We know you have a lot to prove, and we're looking forward to you proving it here. The Redskins, rest in peace. Dan Snyder announced today that they are going to change the name in Washington to something else. It's kind of a long time coming, and they're not getting much blowback. I think everyone's on board. Um, The name Redskins, when you think about it, is just a little racist. Um, I know now it's 2020. It's very easily for it's very easy for groups to find things to get offended by, but I think I don't think anyone's arguing about the Redskins is kind of a racist term. I don't think anyone's uh, caring that Dan Snyder is changing the name. There's really no pushback, so you know, good for them. What they're gonna be, I guess we'll find out. And I think every, yeah, like I said, everyone's fine with the Redskins changing their name, but can we leave like the Atlanta Braves alone or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, leave that alone. And the new one I saw today in the Washington Post has been circulated around was the Texas Rangers need to have their name changed. We're going to get to a point where every group is going to be offended and it's going to get louder and louder each year where I guess we're just going to have all the team names just be animals. But then in 20 years, like animal rights groups are going to be offended. It's it's getting insufferable. I just beg and hope that these mobs stay away from the Seekonk Warriors. Warriors for life. All right, I am now joined by Kyle Deleuze for the Boston Sports Lap. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Alex? This is an honor. Sure is. <laughs> All right, see you later, man. (laughs) All right, so listen. The Boston Bruins, they restart their season August 2nd against the Flyers. Before the quarantine, they won five out of six games. Do you care about the Bruins? Yes, I do. I think that out of the four or out of the three teams coming out of quarantine to jump back into play, I think they probably have the best chance of going the distance and winning the whole thing. I don't know if you feel the same way, but as you mentioned earlier, they won five out of six before the break. They were probably the best team um, in the entire hockey in the uh, entire hockey league uh, before things got shut down. Um, it seemed like they were kind of on a course to sort of right their wrongs from last year after losing game seven. Um, I'll be watching. It's going to be tough, though. You have You're going to have four... Really, for the first time, four of the four of the uh, leagues going on at the same time. And in the past, it's usually been when you know you have the start of the NFL season, the start of basketball, and the start of hockey. But now it's going to be like the playoffs for three of the leagues are going to be going on at the same time. You would think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know where those eyes go. Uh, for me, I don't know if the, if I don't know if hockey for me will be at the top of the list. I'm guessing for you it won't be. Um, but I am interested. How I dare if, you? <laughs> I think at first it'll be interesting to see how you know the 
the at least the uh, three teams will all uh, compare at first. But um, yeah, I'll definitely be watching hockey. I don't know about you, but um, yeah, I'll I definitely watch the it first. Fact, the fact that all these sports are going to get going at the same time almost gives a nice backup plan if any of them have to pause again. That's true. Which could definitely happen. So. I am looking forward to that. But what about Stephen Camper being out? I mean, we're screwed. <laughs> the seventh, maybe the seventh or eighth <laughs> guy off the bench. The D-man, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, listen, any live sports right now, I'm, I'm thirsty for. But uh, yeah, I definitely started with the Bruins because I definitely, that, that would be my number four of the four. But, you know, nothing really beats playoff hockey. I think any casual sports fan around here, um, I'm, I'm obviously a basketball guy over hockey, but when the Bruins are playing and I listen to sports radio all day as you know so I I'm aware of the Bruins I know they're great and I hope they do well it's good for the city when all teams are doing well and they're you know they're all pretty good so yeah I'm I am itching for them to get back but they would be number four number three would be the Sox and they start up back up on July 24th only 11 days away yeah it's coming up fast I mean, they're they're in they're in a weird spot because it feels like, aside from Mookie Betts, who's obviously a huge piece, it's like their offense is pretty much intact as it was last year. But obviously, the big issue for them is pitching, where it seemed like last year or you know in 2018 they had three really good uh, starters in Sale, Price, and Porcello, and now they have none of those. And Erod is out with the coronavirus. So uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask uh, you, what is what is the rotation? I don't even I so they have um, Brian Johnson is going to be who was supposed to be the fifth starter. I saw you tweeting about him the other day. Um, so Brian <laughs> Brian Johnson is going to be like you know maybe the ace. I don't he's know. He's going to be they, really important if yeah. you can get his head right. He's and always I, he's always been okay good in short spurts, but well, it seems like he's been going back and forth between the Paw Sox and the Red Sox for like five years. There's always like there's always like one of those guys for like yeah. every sports league or every sports team. It's like oh that guy he's coming up in pitching. It's like I thought he was out of the league by now, but. Um, he, and he's honestly probably pretty young. He's probably like 30, 31, 32. He can't be that old. But, I mean, I don't know who else they really have. They signed, um, I think, a guy, uh, Perez. Um, yeah, I did research I was on the this. Brewers. Yeah. And, uh, a I mean, while they, ago, but I forget all of them because I just think they're all yeah, kind of knobs. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah, their pitching is, who the hell knows? There's probably, I guess with the expanded roster, they're going to, piece it together in a way that the Rays would maybe a couple days a week just kind of having a, an opener and mm. figuring it out from there and I think a weird storyline is going to be like Renke right like he's kind of in a weird spot it's almost like you, they always talk about having a guy on a one year contract I think they call him the uh, lame, duck. lame duck yes yep. so he's almost like in that weird spot where he wasn't even given much of a fair shake because everyone's talking you know, they want Alex Cora back, but it's also like the season has been, you know, you know, chopped at the knees where it's only going to be six games. I would say, honestly, I'm not even that interested in baseball this year, to be totally honest with you. I would almost rather watch watch hockey right now than watch baseball, just given the fact that it's like a 60-game season, at least for hockey and basketball, they've already started. It's like they have something to play for. With baseball now, it's just like, it's going to be so weird and odd. That it's only, you know, it's only going to be 60 games. Who knows how long we'll even play for. The biggest um, thing about baseball for me is like, it's every night. So, uh, like, I'm just, I just true. want some normalcy. Like, 
even if I just watch an inning or two at the end of the night, like just like before I go to bed, like I or, like something to watch with my kids. Like they're starting to get into baseball. Like baseball is kind of easy to explain, even though it's boring. I can like maybe sit with them for an inning and. I just want something on every night, and baseball spoils you in that way. As boring as it is, at least it's on every night. Well, this would also be the time now where you're really watching baseball because the NBA season's over, hockey's over, and football hasn't started yet. So it's been weird. I've been saying this a lot. It's like the passing of the time that is usually marked by, you know, having you have March Madness that ends and leads right into Opening Day. You know, then that goes into the、uh, you know you got basketball playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then. You know, right before then, it's like, all right, now it's almost the start of the NFL season and baseball is heating up. It's like、yeah. all those things that pass, like that you use to mark the time, you really haven't had over the last, you know, three or four months. So it's, I feel like it's I feel like I, I feel like I read that same rant in a column yesterday about the Patriots Super Bowls.、Oh, maybe I should have thrown that in there at the、uh, maybe right at the talk. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So the Sox. Yeah. I mean, I just want sports back. So. Do you think Pedroia plays this year? I have not heard as much as like the Sox season's right around the corner. Maybe because I'm not listening to as much local sports radio as normal. I have heard no buzz about. Aside from Erod getting Corona, I have not heard much about the Sox. No, there isn't really much, and I think a lot of it is too. It's just because it's such a short season. I think people are kind of seeing it as already like it's already kind of like baked in. It's 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 not like. I think if there was a season that would have started in April, there would be a lot more buzz. Just even given the fact that Core is gone, Mookie Betts is gone, Price is gone. But I think you're right. I mean, I I would be shocked if he plays this year. But then again, I I you know he's been so bad the last or not so bad. He just really can't stay on the field. But when he does play, it's like you know he's really a shell of his former self. So. I mean, my expectations for him are super, super low. Even if he does play, I would expect. You know, he's kind of a guy that you could see being like one of the bench coaches in a couple years or something. Just、right. kind of one of those guys, like the Tim Wakefields, the Jason Veritex. Yeah, they just kind of stick around the organization forever.、Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be.、Uh, certainly, would be holding out hope that he plays. Yeah. All right. So the Celtics, their first game is July thirty first, and they. Play the Bucks, who they could very well see in the Eastern Conference Finals. My thing with the Celtics, and I'm pumped. They're all, but they're all playing. I'm excited about it. The Kemba Walker still having a knee injury is worrisome. It's been about what, how many months now since since he played? <laughs> and literally, like no pun intended, but the Celtics were even limping into that break. I just did a quick look. I think they were like three. They were like. They lost three of their last six games, and if you remember, Kemba Walker exceeded his minutes restriction in the All Star game because he already had a knee injury and was not playing well after the the break.、Um, obviously, Tatum Brown, Hayward, I mean, they have the pieces, but I thought this break was going to be good for Kemba, and it seems like he's still he's missed two practices already with a knee injury. Cause for concern. I mean, I'm not totally sure. I would say anytime you have your point guard having issues with his knee, and it's been going on for this long, I would say yes. And it's also just like such such a weird situation for them being, you know, where they are and in the bubble. And、um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not totally sure what to think with the Celtics. You know, barring health, that you know they seem like they're in a really good spot. I mean, I think that the break. Actually, could have been good for you know guys like Tatum and Brown, but you know then again, 
on the flip side of that, it's like these guys are so young anyway. Like, do they really need the break? But, um, you know, we'll see how they fare when they come out. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Kemba? I'm kind of in, you know, I, I, I'm, he's played really well for the first half of the year, first like three quarters of the season. But I mean, anytime you have a guy who's that young, who's got issues with his knees, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, I thought the break was going to be good for him because he was hurt. And But it is worrisome that, especially a guard who kind of relies on his explosiveness. He's not a big guy. He's like 6'1", 6'2", who relies on like, step backs and dribble drives and he has a lot of rise on his jumper that if he doesn't have strong knees it's problematic he's definitely their clutch guy he's their he's their best player I know Tatum's coming and Brown's been good and Hayward's a former all-star but Kemba Walker's their best player um so yeah I, I am I am worried about it that's why I was always advocating for them to pick up Isaiah Thomas but you know the Danny thought it was more important to have Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> um, but I digress. All right. So lastly, Patriots still kind of months away from their season. Um, but Cam Newton's definitely generating a lot of buzz. Are you excited about the signing of Cam Newton? Honestly, at first, I really wasn't. I remember having this conversation with a couple of friends, like right around the time that Andy Dalton was you know, there was kind of talk about him getting signed by the Patriots, and then, you know, he goes to Dallas. Um, I think they got him for, like, nine, nine uh, million dollars a year as their, as their backup. Dalton, yeah, I thought it was maybe yes. seven. But yeah, okay. Even right if it was that, seven, right seven to nine, range. like, do you really want to pay that much for a backup? Especially exactly. when you're supposed to pay Dak, you know, the franchise or whatever. It's going to be 32. Right. Or, but, yeah, go ahead. So then the same thing with Cam. It was like, you know, the Patriots were really hamstrung on cap space, and it didn't seem like they were going to be able to, you know, if – Dalton's worth nine, you would think Cam is worth probably at his height, you know, given he's had injuries and everything else. But, you know, when he's healthy, he's still a really, really good quarterback. You would think he's at least worth like 15 to $20 million. I would think maybe even on the lower side of that. So you want to say 15, 16. So they basically got him for half that with the seven and change that they signed him for. Um, And really, if he doesn't make the uh, 53-man roster for the first game, you know, you're only paying him like, I don't even think they're paying him more than $700,000. So for them, it's kind of that classic Patriot move. And I know everyone's been saying this. It's like, you know, the low risk and super high ceiling on him. Um, I think at the very least, it gives it gives uh, Jared Stidham some sort of camp competition. Um, but then again, like, I mean, I feel like Cam is, is, is in a really tough spot. I think that if he's healthy, he's going to be the starting quarterback. You would have to think, you know, he's been in the league for almost 10 years. Whereas, you know, Stidham's been in the league for one. But then again, you have someone like Jared Stidham who knows the playbook and he has that leg up. And if camp, if there's really not much of any sort of training camp this year and there's no preseason, you know, how much does that help camp? And if he's not in game shape, like, I don't know what Belichick's going to do. I I really have no idea. But I would guess um, if Cam is healthy and, you know, he can get on the, you know, get on board with game plan and everything else and understand the playbook and the offense, you know, you would have to guess if he would be the starter. But I, I was really looking forward to the Patriots season with or without Cam. I think that it's just going to be such an interesting team this year without Brady. And it's sort of like they're undergoing a change into like the third phase of the dynasty. I mean, you know, fingers crossed where, you know, the first two decades with Brady and Belichick and now this is like sort of that third, that third chapter. Um, Kyle. Yes. There's no chance in hell that Cam Newton is not the starter. 
We're talking about Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer as Cam Newton's competition. Cam Newton is a 6'6", 6'5", machine. He's a few years removed from being the MVP of the league. He went to the Super Bowl. I don't care if Cam Newton... I don't care if he's never seen the playbook before <laughs> the first game. They're going to throw him out there and say, hey, uh, you know, draw something up on your hand and, and go out there and see what happens. Well, I would think that that is, I mean, I I can totally see why you're saying that for sure. But also you have to think about like, why wasn't he signed by anybody prior to whenever he was signed, like June, you know, June 20th or something. Like, it's, then, it, then why did the Patriots even bother? Well, I think that, like, what's yeah, because the price came down, probably. Right, right. So, I mean, I get your argument, but on the other side, like, if Belichick's so smart and everyone else in the league didn't want him, why would Belichick want him? No, right. I think it's, I no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think it's a great, it's a great move, and I think that if if he is healthy, he is definitely going to start. And what did everyone say about Cam Newton? It was kind of like, well, he's not going anywhere to be a backup. Oh, absolutely not. I right. think Belichick recognizes that. For sure. That's why I said, like, if he doesn't if he doesn't make the 53-man roster, he's only on the books for, like, $750,000. Like, my take is he's either going to be the starter or he's just going to get cut after camp. Like, I would be shocked to see him, like, riding the bench. It just seems like he's also just still so, you know, he's only 31, 30 years old. Like, it's kind of funny when thinking about Brady, who was 42 last year, you have a guy 12 years as junior, like, talking about him riding the bench as, like, this like injury hobbled guy um but yeah i would have to think that he starts if he is healthy and he's gonna make the team he's probably gonna be the start of week one i would say are you already annoyed with his instagram posts <laughs> um i mean it's just very very different from what we're typically used to in foxborough where you know everything is kind of ho-hum and stick your heads in the playbook and i mean brady to an extent over the last couple of years has sort of started to show his personality a little bit with like the tb12 stuff and the tv times um, I don't follow him on Instagram yet. I don't know if you have. Um, I, I watched what? the I watched the first one. I watched the first one that he did when he was, you know, kind of working out and then talking about how, um, you know, he was leaving Carolina. But I haven't seen any of the other ones. But it's it's I mean it's definitely tough to read his typing. And I don't know what <laughs> I, I don't know what that whole that whole deal is. But uh, but yeah, no. I'm, I mean it's it's. Totally something to look forward to, and it definitely makes the season more interesting if there is football, which, you know, obviously we're all hoping for. All right, man. Well, this was a very successful first Boston Sports Lap. Maybe we'll uh, do it again next week. Yes, sounds good. Take care, Ox. All right, buddy. Yay! So Tori and I have been looking for a show to watch since we finished that horrible season of 13 Reasons Why. We watched the disgusting Larry Nassar documentary. And, you know, if you don't know who that is, he's the trainer for the Olympic gymnastics team. He also did some stuff at Michigan State. Disgusting human being would, um, you know, molest the girls when he had them on the table. If you're, I mean, it's interesting, but if you don't know the story, I'd pass on that. Um, What we did stumble upon is a hilarious show. It's from 2008. So I was um, listening to Podcast Jesus, Kirk Minahan, 
and he had mentioned that he had started watching the in-betweeners and thought it was really funny and you know there's not too many podcasts I listen to religiously or radio shows I listen to religiously it's really Kirk Minahan the Kirkman show is number one and I listen to Clay Travis a lot those are probably the two smartest guys I listen to the reasonable if you're looking for podcasts or people to follow on Twitter I'd go with those two but anyways so because Kirk Minahan suggested it I brought it up to Tori and she was apprehensive at first she didn't really want to watch it and five minutes into the show, we are both laughing our asses off. It's from 2008, so it's a little... Um, they say things on there you probably wouldn't be able to say in 2020. There's a lot of <laughs> funny humor. It's these four high school kids who aren't exactly the cool crew, but they aren't the complete losers, so hence the name Inbetweeners. They're British, there's funny accents, funny dialect. I would strongly suggest that if you have Netflix and you're looking for something funny to funny to watch, um, we blew through one season in one night. Six episodes, I think they were 22, 23 minutes a piece. The first season was six episodes, so yeah, one night, banged it out. Started the second season already, still pretty funny. Um, so that's, that's what I would suggest. The in-betweeners. And pretty soon we'll have sports. So, you know, now's the time to get your Netflix watching in. Tori and I have on deck, um, on cue. We've got to watch the end of Fuller House. We've been avoiding it because we're both sad that the series is going to be all over. Um, Yeah. That's where we're at. That's where we are at with TV watching as of now. Nothing great to report. But in between us, go watch it. Go watch it, you bloody wanker. Take cover, yeah! Woo!